Hello, art history babes. As a summer solstice offering, we have a reboot of our Stonehenge episode from a little over a year ago. This was originally released April 6th, 2020, so we were just at the very beginnings of quarantine at the time. Also, if you're into summer solstice and celebrating those Earth-based holidays, we did a whole episode on it on my other podcast, Happy Harvest Horror Show. We talk about history, ritual, ideas for how you can celebrate. It's a pretty fun episode. There will be a link in the show notes for you on that. Also, something you may want to get in on, be a part of, we're reading the Da Vinci Code. We're doing it. <laughs> to join Art History Babes book club and read with us, head to patreon.com slash arthistorybabes and join the book club babe level tier. We're going to get started here in the next couple weeks and the book club format is we'll do one discussion board and then two Zooms with us and then we're going to do a movie night where we watch Tom Hanks run frantically around Europe. So a really fun way for us to all hang out. Plus you gain access to all past book club discussions, as well as all sorts of other perks. It's going to be a fun time. There will be memes, there will be critical analysis, and there will definitely be some unearthing of subconscious programming from my teen years. In addition to that, we are doing a Patreon Q&A episode this month with all four of us, and it's available to all patron tiers, so whatever level you are. There's still time to get your questions in for that, patreon.com slash arthistorybabes. And as always, thank you so much to our patrons. Patreon support is really how we are able to keep this thing going. So thank you. We love you. We appreciate you. Also, fun thing, if after listening to this episode, you're like, oh, hey, I want to celebrate Summer Solstice at Stonehenge, you totally can. You can watch the Summer Solstice Sunrise at Stonehenge. They do a live stream. I watched it last year. Super fun. Very cool. I put on some, like, trippy music and just enjoyed the the Stonehenge summer solstice. I know this year they're not having the in-person event again because of COVID restrictions, um, but still the live stream is a pretty magical thing. I would suggest checking it out. It's available on the Stonehenge website. And yeah, please enjoy this episode on the monumental megalithic mystery that is Stonehenge. And happy summer solstice! Yay! We are history babes. Art history babe briefs. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Corey. I'm Natalie, and we are the art history babes. And we have a monumental megalithic mystery for you all today. I was really proud of that alliteration. That was good. That was real, real good. <laughs> Today, we're talking about the mystical, the magical, the mysterious Stonehenge. So um, that big gulp was actually tea, not wine. I have wine next to me, but I'm drinking my tea first. 
just in case anyone was wondering. I have wine. I have some water with a big chunk of lemon in it. And then I have a blackberry banana peanut butter smoothie. Ooh, yum. Beverages on beverages. We love our beverages and we're more responsible on BB episode recording dates. (laughs) (laughs) Just slightly. I literally am not joking. While I was making my smoothie, I was like, I wonder what it would taste like if I like put a little wine in it. I don't know about wine. If you had rum, I would say mix that up. I have some gin. I have gin and whiskey. I don't know. We'll see. I might get creative for the next smoothie. (laughs) This is not BB information. Oh, yeah, that's true. We're not supposed to be talking about drinking. Well, this is what you you get, people. I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) Times are strange. We don't know what's happening. We're just trying to hang on. Yeah, so, you know, we're going to be real with you, but but we won't swear. <laughs> nope, we will not. We will not. I'm saying it to myself one more time. I will not. <laughs> I refuse. <laughs> so, seriously, back to Stonehenge, though. I was TAing this time in grad school, and it was one of the art ABC classes, or what were they called? 1A? 1A, 1B, 1C? Yep, yep, yep. Like the intro classes. So it would have been 1A, right? Stonehenge? Mm-hmm. So one of my students on the final in their blue book, the answer was Stonehenge. And they wrote Hedgehog. <laughs> 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 they talked about it, but they called it Hedgehog, not Stonehenge. And I was just like, whoa (laughs) i love that i love that (laughs) this is a gift (laughs) hedgehog that's so great yeah it was very cute i'll always think of that forever it'd be really cute to like make a little hedgehog out of a little stone and then be like stone hedgehog or stone stone hedgehog (laughs) or get a hedgehog as a pet and in his cage area like where he hangs out make a little miniature size hedgehog stonehenge for him oh that would be precious and he could play on it and have little little ritual sacrifices (laughs) (laughs) little solstice celebration You gotta make sure it's like facing the right way and he gets like direct sunlight all the time. Oh, he's so cute. (laughs) Oh, I love it. I love it. Okay, should we should we dive into the information to the to the substance? We probably should. We should probably clue everyone else in on the inside joke that we're giggling about. All right, okay. So what is Stonehenge? Stonehenge is a prehistoric monument located on Salisbury Plain in southwest England. It consists of a ring of standing stones, each about four to five meters high and weighing approximately 30 tons, several of which have an additional stone laid across the top, also known as the post and linel system, baby. It is believed to have been built in the 4th millennium BC, contemporaneous to the first dynasties of ancient Egypt. Some say built around the same time as the pyramids of Giza. Some say that it was built a bit earlier. Stonehenge is both a monument and an earthwork, and it is teeming with mystery. The biggest of which may be, how did they do it? Seeing as many of the stones were transported from hundreds of miles away, and Stonehenge was constructed before the invention of the wheel. (laughs) Some possibilities of how they were able to erect 
this thing include sledges and rollers, large rafts, teams of oxen, or glacial erratics, which is basically ancient glaciers have been known to deposit stones hundreds of miles from their origin. Also, I just think glacial erratic is a dope term and would be a dope band name. Dibs on band name. Yeah. (laughs) New band name. (laughs) Called it. Called it. It's fine. Called it. According to archaeologists, the construction of Stonehenge occurred in three distinct phases. Phase one occurred around 3100 BCE when a circular ditch about six feet deep with a bank of dirt within it was built. This construction is aptly known as a henge. Eh? Get it? Stonehenge. Ha We get it now. Okay, we can end the episode. <laughs> it's over. You know all that you need to know. All right. 56 pits were then dug in the henge and possibly filled with blue stones or wooden beams. The second phase was believed to have occurred 100 or 200 years later, and this phase involved the setting up of upright wooden posts in the center and at the entrances of the henge. The center possibly contained a roofed structure. Phase three was a big guy and is thought to have occurred an additional 400 to 500 years later. Wow, this was a very long construction. Yeah, it was a long process. And went on for God knows how long. Those stones are so big. During this stage, any previous stones and or wooden beams were removed and a circle of 30 giant sarsen stones were erected and capped with 30 lintel stones. All right. So now on to the fun part. We get to ask the big questions, the mystery that everyone is so enamored by. Who built it and why? There are many theories. Who done it? If you know who done it, write in. Theory one, astronomical observatory. As I'm sure you know, there's a lot of debate over Stonehenge. And one thing that most people agree on is that an understanding of celestial happenings was necessary in order to build it. There's plenty of evidence suggesting that Stonehenge was used as a solar calendar of some sort. Most notably, the stone at the entrance, known as the heel stone, lines up with the sunrise on the day of the summer solstice. So we know that the observation of the skies is an important piece of the puzzle. However, it's likely that in addition to astronomical observation, this space would also hold some type of spiritual or social purpose. All right. Theory number two, a temple for Neolithic sun worship. This is a leading theory that Stonehenge was used as a temple for sun worship by Neolithic peoples, specifically on the summer solstice. This could have meant anything from ritual sacrifice, practices led by a spiritual leader, celebrations, burials, choreographed dances, we just don't know. Currently, a summer solstice celebration is held at the site every year, and in my opinion, it looks like a real good time. From what I can tell, people just like hang out all night and then they cheer on the sunrise and it looks really chill. Yeah, you would be friends with that girl in the... Right? Yeah, Yeah, we have a few pictures from the celebration, the recent summer solstice celebrations. And yeah, it's kind of, you know, some of the people look similar to who you you might see at a music festival. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Only there's no music. It's just like you're waiting for the sun. So it's kind of cool. Yeah, exactly. It's very music vibey. This guy kind of looks like Jesus. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's wearing a, a large, large, like, flower crown on his head. Yeah, it's it's a whole thing. He looks, he almost looks like a like an atheist Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> like, like a pagan Jesus. Pagan. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. 100%, yeah. <laughs> that is the whole vibe. Also, pagan Jesus called it for my band name. Oh, that's a good one, too. Man. So yeah, this celebration is uh, particularly significant to contemporary Druids, as Stonehenge is often associated with Druid tradition. However, it has been determined that Druids most likely couldn't have built the monument themselves because they didn't come into existence until about a thousand years after Stonehenge was believed to have been built. So many years between all of these occurrences. Yeah. And have you noticed I'm using a lot of words like, you know, believed and possible and... Leaving all the doors open. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Because, like, you know, there are plenty of people who have dedicated their lives to understanding Stonehenge, but at the end of the day, we really just don't know. Aside from the few things that we have concrete evidence about, we really just don't know. So so you can speculate wildly on this one for sure. You know we love to. We definitely love to. How about we take a quick break and then we'll come back and we got we have four more theories for y'all. Woo! So many theories. Well it's been around forever, so not surprising. Yeah, it's true. talking about Stonehenge. We are. We are talking about it and speculating wildly. Yeah. Just kidding. We're speculating casually with theories that already existed. And I loved researching for this episode too because definitely one of my quarantine coping mechanisms has been diving into mysteries. Like paranormal mysteries have been my jam. Like anything mysterious or weird, or like anything with a conspiracy theory attached to it, I'm like all about it. So this has been like a fun one right now. Did anyone send you their login to get that done? No, they didn't. (laughs) I was bummed about it, but that's okay. That's it. We're not releasing (laughs) this. It's over. We owe you guys nothing. Until I get a login for somebody's cable so I can watch the most recent Ancient Aliens episode on Stonehenge. (laughs) So sad I couldn't send you ours anymore because Ange canceled it. <laughs> she did it the other day and she gave me no warning. No warning. <laughs> I went to watch my trashy TV and I was denied and I did not know what was happening and I was upset. <laughs> Man, and this is the worst time for that to happen too. And she told me how much money she was saving and I was like, great, I'm happy for you and you made the right decision, but I'm still upset. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you need your trashy TV right now. That's a necessity. <laughs> Yeah, I did some trial, just trial hop for like as long as I need to and then probably finally break. (laughs) All right, back to Stonehenge. Here we go. Stonehenge, focus. All right, so theory three, a site for Neolithic moon worship 
So this one's very interesting. In addition to framing the sun, Stonehenge can be seen as framing the moon. This theory, posited by Lionel Sims in the 2004 documentary Stonehenge Revealed, 5,000 Years of Mystery, is really interesting because Sims brings in a lot of ideas about class structure and worship of the feminine. He basically points out that the Neolithic people that built Stonehenge were likely some of the earliest farmers. The backbreaking work of the very newly developed agricultural way of living was very different from the way of life of hunter-gatherer societies. For example, agriculture equals land ownership, which leads to fighting over land, which leads to war and all around bad times. And so additionally, we see a transition into a more male-dominated society, whereas hunter-gatherer societies were a bit more equal. This, according to Sims, caused these Bronze Age people to feel a sort of nostalgia for a simpler way of life. So the building of Stonehenge was a way to honor past rituals. In other words, they felt bad that they had abandoned the moon and all it represents. That's deep. Right? And then it gets even wilder. Now enters the magic gold cones, a.k.a. wizard hats. So there are several of these golden cones that have been found near and around the part of England where Stonehenge was built. Mm. They are believed to be a symbol of importance, which is pretty obvious because it's gold, huge, and phallic. Yeah. Can't miss that. You can't. You can't. Like, that just screams, I am important. Look at me. Yeah. (laughs) Give me attention. (laughs) Exactly. Likely, this was ceremonial headgear worn by a spiritual leader of some sort. In the documentary, they refer to these spiritual leaders as priest kings. But to me, it actually sounds kind of like a druid. So, like, I thought that was interesting. Because I was like, maybe there's a connection between these priest kings and the later druids. Maybe. Because the druids would connect themselves so much with Stonehenge? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe there's something there. But when you look at the actual encryption on this giant golden cone, it is encrypted with a calendar, specifically the phases of the moon. So it is thought that these priest kings encouraged the building of Stonehenge and led rituals to restore harmony between the sun, aka the day, the masculine energy, and the moon night and feminine energy Hmm. right so it's a whole thing it's a very complex theory you know a lot of that you can't i don't know how you'd prove it you can't but it's an interesting theory yeah you can't like it's it's interesting it's thorough like i'm into it i like it i mean wishful thinking yeah that'd be cool yeah why not like why not is the question (laughs) that's what we pose to you theory four burial site Okay, so this one isn't so much a theory as it is a fact. So if you're a fact person. These are facts. Our gift to you. (laughs) Here you go. A lot of remains have been found on and around Stonehenge. Excavations from 1919 to 1926 found the cremated remains of up to 58 people among the outer ring of 56 pits surrounding Stonehenge. This makes the site one of the largest Neolithic burial sites in Britain. Bones and bone fragments have also been found around the site. Four human skeletons were found underneath the stones, one decapitated and another with arrow wounds. I always think that's so interesting when they find skeletons and they can tell how they died. Yeah, I thought the same thing. 
it's one of those weird disassociated things for me that like unlike a flush body like that I think is cool yeah like like if I were to ever find a dead body no but (laughs) skeleton okay oh yeah 100 percent. i love skeletons don't we have a a audio clip of me saying like i love bones and shit or something we have like we i I wonder if my boss got rid of it because we had like an like a very i don't even need to say a not like very there an anatomically correct skeleton from a case it was like a car accident case or something and they had to like demonstrate what happened or something or like an injury and so we have this like medical grade skeleton thing. If you ever want it, if it's still there. <laughs> do you want a skeleton? <laughs> yeah, I do want that. I do want that. Not only, <laughs> I one hundred percent want that. <laughs> I feel like it's in parts. Like it's not all one whole body, but it's still my like interest. You, I'll see if, if they might have sent it to the junk removal place, but I hope they didn't. Yeah, yeah. It just lives in our server. One hundred percent. I would love that. <laughs> That'd be amazing. <laughs> All right. For the sixth time, back to Stonehenge. <laughs> now, whether the primary purpose of the site was for burial is up for debate, but it should be noted that prehistoric peoples often associated stone with the dead. So that tracks. Yeah. You know. Makes sense. Makes sense. All right. Theory number five, a marketplace. Some believe the site of Stonehenge was some sort of marketplace or a hub for craft and trade. The archaeologist that has examined the skeletons from the site suggests that this was a place that people traveled long distances to reach. One of the skeletons may have come from as far as 700 miles away, which is quite a distance for this time frame for Neolithic people especially farmer Neolithic peoples, you know, yeah, that kind of stayed in a general area usually. Plus, there is evidence of advanced metalwork suggesting that the people that gathered here were more advanced or they were very well versed in their trade. So basically people that were far advanced in their trade and would be the type of person that would travel this, you know, far of a distance to go to some sort of like a late neolithic marketplace so that's kind of an interesting theory it is the only thing i don't like about it is like why would you need to lift stones that heavy to make a marketplace like (laughs) that's so true (laughs) like motivation wise for me i'm just not convinced yeah next Do you remember that horrible reality show? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. That show. All right. Theory six. Merlin. Myth. History. Back in the day, it was believed that King Arthur's bud, Merlin, was responsible for Stonehenge. The story goes, giants had built what was known as the Giant's Ring in Ireland from magical African blue stones. In the 5th century, hundreds of British nobles were killed by Saxons and buried on the Salisbury Plain. Merlin used his magic to move the stones from Ireland to their current location on the Salisbury Plain as a memorial to those fallen knights. So this one really, you know, how much how much weight do you put on ancient myth? Because who the hell knows? <laughs> like, if Merlin was a thing, maybe he moved Stonehenge from Ireland. I mean, yeah, it really is just like, what are you willing to believe? For, for real, for real. Like, how far 
are you willing to go? Which brings <laughs> me to our final and, of course, the best theories. Alien theories <laughs> abound. Our extraterrestrial friends. There are several theories about them. One theory is that many of the world's largest and most mysterious sites, including the Nazca Lines, the Moai statues of Easter Island, the Egyptian pyramids, Stonehenge, and many more, make up a global navigation network used by aliens to map our world. Basically, with the magic of maths, these sites and many others around the world can be charted into what appears to be a clearly geometric pattern. There's a whole Ancient Aliens episode on it if you want to know more. This one you can get on Hulu. You don't need the cable login for this one. (laughs) But yeah, so this is a, a theory that involves a lot more than Stonehenge. It actually involves a lot of these more mysterious sites in the world. And yeah, and suggests that it might be part of this mapping of the world for aliens to kind of make their way around and figure things out. I like that one. And I will say the pyramids at first, my initial reaction is like, well, no, because people built that. But like, just because we can explain how something could have been built does not mean that it was built that way. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have no idea how it was built. So just because we could explain that one it doesn't matter we don't know yeah and the thing about ancient alien theories like so there's i mean there's actually i i can't remember what website it was on oh it was a hyperallergic article there's an amazing hyperallergic article that charts basically the racist roots of ancient alien theory and it's Mm -hmm. i think incredibly important to read and to understand and the idea that you know all of these things were built by aliens and that prehistoric people and ancient people weren't capable is kind of a cop-out. But that being said, that doesn't mean there aren't instances that are a little bit more mysterious that leave wiggle room for these kind of ideas. So I think, I mean, obviously I watch Ancient Aliens with 9 million grains of salt. (laughs) Yeah, I'm mostly watching it because it's funny. But also, like, I think thinking about things this way kind of, you know, it, it expands your mind and it makes you think of other possibilities. And, you know, aliens are a possibility. Like, it is possible that they exist and that they built stuff. So it, I think it's good to know as much as possible. But, like, I don't know. I think these alien theories are very interesting. Yeah, totally. And people should at least take them at that. Just... Have fun with them. Speculate. Yeah. It's fun to think about. And the universe is enormous. So get used to the idea that we're not alone. Because. <laughs> Just get get used yeah. to it. <laughs> I mean. A couple of other alien theories. Another is that Stonehenge may be a landing pad for alien spacecrafts. Which I really like imagining. Like a UFO. Like landing. Beep. In- right on stonehenge yeah and then another theory is that stonehenge acts as an interdimensional vortex i really like that one because that's my favorite yeah me too (laughs) me too because i'm definitely a lot i'm one when i do get in conversations about aliens i tend to lean towards i think aliens are real but i think it's more of an interdimensional thing and i think like there's something going on there with like the multiverse and multi-dimensions so so i like that one i'm a fan they know something we don't know they're doing something we don't know how to do yeah exactly exactly yeah like i said i'm not counting anything out i'm not i'm not 
Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, those are the main theories I found. I know there are other ones. If you know of some really great Stonehenge theories, please write them in because I am all about this right now. The Stonehenge rabbit hole goes so deep and there are tons of resources out there many documentaries several ancient aliens episodes if you know you're quarantined at home right now go on a virtual tour of stonehenge like why not do it do it (laughs) do it oh my goodness we're just gonna keep saying do it to you guys we should have a virtual like stonehenge party where we get a group of people together and we all virtually go to stonehenge Let's do it. See, getting creative. At first, I thought you meant like a la Pig and Jesus. Like, let's all make flower crowns and like stare no, at the No, I, I mean, I did. <laughs> like, that's what... <laughs> that too. Yeah, that's, part that's of what it. my virtual Stonehenge party would look like. <laughs> got it, got it, got it. You're, you're just going to be that guy. Yeah, exactly. Ready. I actually love this idea. I mean, uh... I might be planning something for the upcoming week, so be prepared. I think we will probably all still be sheltered in place when the summer solstice comes, right? Yeah, if, if we are, dude, if we are, we are 100% having a virtual Stonehenge summer solstice. Like, that's brilliant. That's a great idea. June 20th, it's very likely. Who knows? Yeah, it's entirely possible. So we'll see. We'll see. Even if it's not the virtual, because you guys are all over and, you know. Yeah, we could do it for like, we could do it for Patreon. We could do like a Patreon virtual summer solstice Stonehenge party. Also, just in case we stress anyone out with that little bit. Just for the record, this is our normal. Like, we virtually record always. So for us, virtual hanging is just our our norm. Yeah, and I, I'm a nomadic person, so I'm all over the place. So I just, all of my friendships are long distance. <laughs> Corey's professional at long distance. And true. if you become friends with her, you will be too at some point. So just know that about her. All right, so Stonehenge, any any final thoughts about this beautiful mystery of human life? Mm, it's cool. It is cool. <laughs> Stonehenge, it's cool. <laughs> it's pretty cool. It's pretty neat. <laughs> I, I guess I like it. Should we start rating art at the end of each episode? Oh, yeah. We could do like, I rate dog. And just everything's over yeah, 10. Yeah, everything's <laughs> over 10. <laughs> I, I like it. Like, like 14 out of 10. Very mysterious. <laughs> <laughs> Might be magical. <laughs> Merlin question mark (laughs) oh my god we should start doing that on twitter so many good ideas right now (laughs) I was just explaining to Sam that like one cool thing that comes out of hard situations and globally hard situations is like good art yeah yeah we can only hope yeah right I hope uh, you're feeling creative out there and if you're not no judgment or pressure none whatsoever for me my creativity, it's it's been big ebbs and flows. Like I've had moments where I'm like, okay, and I feel really creative and I feel like using my time creatively. And then I have days where all I do is drink whiskey and work on a puzzle. And both of those things are valid. Like however you're feeling right now is valid. It's called balance. Balance. People. Learn it. <laughs> Live it. Love it. Balance. 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 And we really just, yeah, we hope all of you out there are doing well and doing whatever you can to handle these weird times we're in. 
Yeah, we really do. We think about you and wish you well and hope you're healthy. And yeah, I hope you're hanging on. Keep on hanging on. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. I mean, I remember watching documentaries about this in undergrad in like my very first art history class. I don't know who did it. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> you? <The> next. <laughs> oh, you're not going to tell us? <laughs> oh. you were gonna, I thought you were going to speculate. <laughs> well, we are going to speculate. That's the next part. I but get it. The- I get it. I, I, I get it now. I Just the way that it was bolded and stuff, I literally thought you wanted to sit <laughs> and speculate. I was like... <laughs> No, oh, well, man. I, I well, mean, there's I, our blooper. 